What's up, comic book fans? Anchor Pete here. And boy, just two weeks away from my good friend over there, Mr. Brian Corsair. is a little too much for me, man. I don't know if I could take it. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, and we have a lot to cover now, too, because of it. Yes. So, so on top of it being too much to take, it's now we have too much to talk about. Yes. Brian uh, went away on a vacation, and so he was not here last week. And because of that, we are two behind for our two shows that we are covering, Young Justice Phantoms and Moon Knight. So uh, we're going to cover Young Justice first. That's what we do whenever Young Justice is on. And then uh, we are going to talk about Marvel's MCU Disney Plus show, uh, Moon Knight. So, um, Brian, right off the bat, we're going to jump into Young Justice episode number 17, which is called Leviathan Wakes, right? Yes, this, and this this wrapped up the kind of Aquaman segment of the, uh, of the of the season. Yes. My first question for you, sir, is are you a fan of Caldor with facial hair? Sure, why not? I mean, I will say that it, when when that scene first showed up, when they're all they all have more facial hair, really threw me off. I'm like, did I miss an episode? <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks passed or something like that, and. Yeah, it was crazy. I, you know, that's the idea is that they were like searching for the crown of Arion, right? To kind of um, bring this resolution for the whole situation where, you know, all the underwater nations are in unrest and they want to find the one true king. And so they're trying to find his crown. And uh, I found that they kind of had like these little side adventures where they were uh, encountering like these big undersea creatures. And it kind of reminded me of the Phantom Menace. Did you get that vibe too? Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, and, it was it was interesting that they were just dodging death traps and giant creatures for like three weeks or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So during that time, you know, Arion started to grow in power too underwater. Uh, people wanted him to become the you know the main ruler of the underwater nation, right? Or the uh, you know basically Atlantis, right? And um, it turns out that that was actually a plot by the Light. Now, did you totally understand that plot? Yes, uh, they made a clone of Orm and placed Orm's mind in a clone of Arion in order to be take over as the, the one true king of, of the, the ocean. Right. Yes. And so I, I was kind of thinking, it kind of cracked me up. I want to know what you thought of this too. But like, you know, that, that guy, Simon, who's I think he's from the Fearful Five. That's the team that he's on in the comics. And it's yeah. Simon, P-S-I, and then Mon. He yes. like put it like mental blocks in uh, the Orm clone, right? And then like Miss Martian was able to break those blocks down. And there's the sequence where she's just essentially seeing all of his memories. And like Vandal Savage is like literally just standing right in front of his little tube. And he's like, first we're going to do this. And then you're going to do this. And he's like detailing their plan. It's like, yeah, it just so happened that he was awake for in, in the little tube for the, the 30 seconds that he needed to see. Yes. Uh, of, of the whole plot. Yes, it's like a little exposition dump. We're going to do this, and then we're going to take over Atlantis. You know, I just, like, I like the show, but I think we've mentioned this a couple of times now at this point, that when they do the exposition dump sometimes, it can be kind of clunky. Yeah, and I felt um, maybe the, the resolution of this arc was a little rushed. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like there was so much buildup to Arion coming and then be, being voted in and all this, and then it's like over like that. Yes, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because, like, when he died, that was really jarring. Yeah, he died. And the, the 
the energy went back to the Lord, the Lords of uh, uh was it chaos or order? It was order, order. Right? order, order, yeah. And then then Oren just puts the crown back on. He's like, Yeah, I'm cool now. <laughs> uh, there's no no worries for me here about this. I'm not gonna disintegrate. Yeah, but like the whole episode is like you're thinking, oh shit, the light is gonna somehow get control of like Atlantis or like you know the underwater world. And you're like, oh shit, he's gonna put the crown on him. Like, oh man, Aquaman, Caldor is bringing the crown to him. It's gonna be this crazy kind of sort of like Shakespearean moment. And he just yeah. puts the crown as he just fucking like blows up, you know, into like yeah. a skeleton. You see his brain, I think, too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've seen some graphic stuff in this show in the last couple seasons. So, I mean, it, it's kind of par for the course at this point, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, the Lords of Order, they kind of had like, you know, a couple of badass moments in this episode. They had that one moment where their power came back to them after he got blown up. And then also uh, Zatanna, who was um, being the host for Dr. Fate, she goes up to Vandal Savage and kind of like rubs it in his face that he lost this time around. <laughs> yes. And, and then seems- Vandal Savage throws, throws a little fit and breaks uh, breaks his flute. Yes, breaks uh, Arion, his son's flute, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure he's going to have some kind of vengeance coming up soon. But overall, yeah. were you happy with this Aquaman arc? Oh, yeah, I I liked it. But with the exception of the comment I just made about it, I felt the ending was kind of rushed. It was like it was spilled up and then it was just over just like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they had two paths to finding the finding out the truth about Arion. And, you know, do we really need both of them, I guess? I don't know. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I was really interested in all the politics and all the, and everything in, of, of the ocean and all that. But, um, yeah, just the ending felt weird. <laughs> like, why do you think they had this particular episode? I could kind of understand why they did the Zatanna one, because they're showing like the Lords of Order and Chaos and how they kind of, they did a big, huge dump on, um, Vandal Savage's story, right? And kind of explaining yep. the light and his plans. That works for the Zatanna arc. The Superboy thing is kind of part of this overarching mystery, and we're going to talk about that more in the next episode. Um, but, like, was this whole arc really to kind of just really give Caldor some character beats and then also yes. to... Um, oh, he's, he's already got the answer yeah. right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, this, this season has been about getting back to, like, the core group. Yeah, and everyone's getting an arc, and you know it was just Calder's turn. Okay, um, and I think it's. Uh, I mean, he didn't have much of a role at all last season, right? No, no. Uh, so we really haven't seen much of him since, like, he was like infiltrating the light, and you know, uh, on the side of his, his uh, Black Manta and all that. And so it, it was, it was good, but um, yeah, I, I'm just still, I'm just stuck on that. How how quickly that all ended. <laughs> well, Orin didn't even become the king at the end, even though he that's was right. He gave, he gave the crown to, to Mira. That's right. That's right. And it, it's kind of funny because, like, comic books, they almost kind of mirror what's going on in our world, too, right? Because, like, we're starting to see where places where there were uh, patriarchies for so long, now it might be a matriarchy, or, you know, you might have men always in power, and then all of a sudden you have women in power. And uh, that's starting to become a big thing, at least in like the adaptations of comic books, right? Because we know like in Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, which is going to be coming out soon, like Thor has made Valkyrie King Valkyrie, right? Of Asgard. 
And then once again, in this uh, show, in Young Justice, it's not Queen Mara, it's King Mara of Atlantis, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think that's a, a well-deserved title there. And I think, you know, they, they've kind of traded that that uh, in the comics before. Um, you know, Mira has been as in charge before, and she's even stepped in in the Justice League for Aquaman as well, so. Yeah, with with all the nobility characters that are in, and, and there's many of them are in Marvel, but there, there are a lot in DC too. It's always like, if you have the male figure, then a lot of times the female will kind of take over for them when they're gone, like, like Mera with Aquaman, like you just said. And she even became like Aqua Woman at one point. Her costume resembled his. And then, of course, like um, with like Black Panther, Shuri has been the Black Panther before. Yep. And um, uh, I'm trying to think who else in Marvel. There's, there's a whole, oh, like the Inhumans with like uh, oh, yep. Medusa, Medusa for Black Ball. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's a pretty common thing. Um, I'm totally cool with Mera being the, the, king or whatever i i like mara a lot i've always been a fan of her since the comics yeah i i totally agree there although i'm 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 iffy on uh amber heard ah, yeah yeah that's a good point that's a good point yeah mara in the live action movie's not so great but everything else pretty good yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right my man so i think we covered that first episode let's jump over to episode 18 which just came out today beyond the grip of the gods so um what what do you know of Rocket from before this show? Do you know anything about her? Very, it? very little other than she was um a miles she was milestone, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much all I know. Yeah. I mean, we've seen her in the show before. Uh, I believe this was her first the show was her first animated appearance. Um, and I I almost found this to be a an, an interesting choice for a, a central character. Mm. Uh, I, I mean it definitely um it definitely checks a diversity box, but like I never thought of Rocket as a main team member before. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, in the Milestone books, like when it was just Milestone, it was like a separate branch that DC owned, but it was a separate thing. They, um, they, she was pretty like well known, and she was in a lot of different titles, and she helped out this one team called the Blood Syndicate, and she herself was like a sort of like a, a Robin to their version of superman which do you know who their superman guy is icon icon right right and the thing that's interesting about icon um just in general i don't know if you know but maybe our viewers don't is that he's an alien just like superman that come that came to earth but he came to earth during a time of slavery and he uh is able to change his appearance and he made himself look like an african-american man and he was like a slave when he first started out right but he I actually to... did not know that. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I knew he was an alien, but I didn't know that. I didn't know the rest of that detail. Yeah, yeah. So he's been around since uh, you know the days of slavery on Earth, and his name that he adopted was Augustus Freeman the Fourth, and that's essentially because like every time he's like he just takes a new name. You know, he's Augustus Freeman, Freeman the Second, the Third, the Fourth. Um, but anyway, in the Icon comic, in the very beginning rocket who her name is um raquel irvin her and a couple of other guys break into his mansion because he's rich at this point and they try to rob him and he convinces her to become his like partner and fight crime and stuff and uh her belt like do you remember in that episode orion asked her like you know what's up with this belt yeah it's uh, like uh foreign technology or unknown technology yeah that's yeah, that's yeah. from uh 
I mean, I'm stealing your line here because you wrote it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's it's leftover pieces from his his uh, icon ship, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and just some more interesting stuff. I know I'm kind of hogging this, but just some more interesting stuff is that um, one of the guys that broke into the house with her, his name was Noble. Was that the name of the guy in the beginning of this episode? The dad? Uh, I don't. You know what? I'm not sure. I don't think I caught a name. Okay. Yeah. But uh, one of the robbers, his name is Noble, and uh, he impregnated Rockets like pretty early on in the series. And so she's pregnant for a lot of the comic. And um, she eventually does give birth to a kid, and the kid's name is Amistad, just like the kid in, in this episode. Yeah. So and I, I was kind of curious about you know, how you, what you thought about the, the, the clear autism diagnosis of, of, uh, of this character and, um, you know, how much it impacts uh, Rocket. In, in her daily life and especially it's like oh I, I have to be i have to be a mom but i also have to go to space for the justice league right 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 um i i like that whole sequence with her son even though it was probably like the most stressful thing to watch on this show i think maybe ever, yeah. right <laughs> um i have a lot of experience with um autism because in education i've worked with autistic kids pretty much my whole career and then uh you know i even have um, a relative who's autistic as well and what was very interesting about this opening sequence was that they like checked off every like autism box you could think of right like the kid um he's sensitive to perfumes and then he just like says the woman smells bad he's right next to her on the train uh that's sort of that idea of like not filtering what you say um the fact that he like turned over his toy cars and he was like playing with the wheels that's something that you would see with like an autistic child and of course there's all different types of diagnoses and all different characteristics that people with autism have, but it's like kind of the most well-known ones they showed in this episode. And, um, you know, that, that idea of like really struggling with like a change in the routine when the train station had different, a different stop for them to go to. And then yeah. finally also, uh, the dad mentioned that they had to go discuss the kids IEP and that's Which like is a, something I learned from you. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's something that you know you have to deal with when you're dealing with special education and, and a lot of times students with autism are in special education so um it just kind of reminded me of when they start talking about being a muslim or picking your pronouns and stuff like they take this like real world serious subject matter and they stick it into this superhero cartoon and i just admire them for their bravery you know so do, do, do you do you feel that they they did it justice then I mean, that's a poor word, but you pun intended, right? Uh, no, um, <laughs> I yes, I do think so because, like, it was. I was like, okay, this kid has autism. Like, as soon as they they you know kind of set everything up, and um, I think that the key thing there was they were showing how difficult it is as a parent of an autistic child, um, and so like. There's been times when they've showed kids with autism and stuff in movies, and they just totally don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and they mess up. Like in that, did you see the the Predator, the Shane Black Predator? Uh, probably, but I don't remember too well. Like the the main guy's kid has autism, and they kind of explain it as like, oh, this is an evolutionary gift that humans have, and and the kid could understand like the Predator technology because he was autistic. Like they didn't do any kind of shit like that on here, so that's good. Okay, that's a that's an interesting take. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, I mean, maybe it was a little heavy-handed in the beginning of this, but 
I just admire that they were trying to be as accurate yeah, as they could. You know what? I, I, I do feel that some of the things they've they've done like and while I do appreciate them, they do all seem a little heavy handed. Like like the the Muslim arc with um uh with Halo, with Halo it, it was it's an interesting look and it's an interesting um storyline, but it was a little it was a little heavy handed. Yeah, yeah. And I mean it's kind of funny, right? Because uh Greg Weissman, right, isn't he connected to the Arrowverse or is that the Berlanti? Yeah, he he, he, right. And, and like they wouldn't necessarily tackle any of this kind of stuff in the Arrowverse, which is like primetime television adult programming, and yet it's on this cartoon. So um it, it's it's always melodramatic and heavy-handed, but at least they're addressing it. Whereas, like in other kids' cartoons, or this isn't really a kids' cartoon, but like in other cartoons, it's always like we gotta get that MacGuffin and stop this guy. And and this this obviously has more depth to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but <laughs> let's talk about the MacGuffins now, though. So, anyway, <laughs> um, so we go to friggin' uh, New Genesis, the home of the New Gods, and we meet Orion. What'd you think of him? Uh, I I thought it was a, a good depiction of him. Um, I. I... My exposure to Orion is is, is limited. Uh, I would probably say it's mainly from the Justice League cartoon mm-hmm. and from the uh, um, the Brian Azzarello, Cliff Chang, Wonder Woman run. Oh yes, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool so, depiction um, of him too. Um, what about the Tom King? Uh, uh, what the fuck? What the fuck is his name? Mister Mister Miracle. Mister Miracle. Yeah, yeah. He's in that. Uh, was, was Orion really in that that much? He's in it. He's he's kind of rough. He's like he kind of takes over on a. Oh uh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. You know what? I I guess I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, well, I was gonna ask you though. Have they shown Mister Miracle in this show? I think they have. Yeah. Um, I I know we've yeah they've definitely shown Barda, and I'm pretty sure they've shown him too. But uh, I don't think it was um. No, he he had a speaking role at some point in one season. Okay. Yeah, they, they've both been on the show. I'm I'm very confident about that, but I don't remember when. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because like High Father is still alive and he's he's around on New Genesis, and then he had a wife in this, and I can't remember her name, but you know they kind of depicted her as like, you know, like, like, uh, you know, she wasn't Caucasian or whatever, right? And so I was just wondering how they would depict Mr. Miracle because that's their their kid, right? And um, I'm always totally cool when they just switch things around, but I'm pretty sure that his mother, Mr. Miracle's mother, got killed off in the comics, and like she's never really been a character. Yeah, I didn't recognize her at all, man. I obviously know High Father, but I, I I didn't. She didn't look familiar to me at all. Right. I thought that like I think Darkseid has even killed her in the comics, you know. But that's like in All the right. backstory. It's not like something that happens in the actual comics. I was um, wrong. Um, uh, Mr. Miracle has not been in Young Justice, but Barda has. Okay. Barda has been shown in two episodes, but uh, not Mr. Miracle. Okay. Well, I totally, totally dug their depiction of Orion. I liked that they like played up his claustrophobia and like his anger. And I like that he like really got upset when Rocket put him in that bubble. And his eyes turned red, and it's just like, well, Dark Side is his dad, right? So yeah. Um, but even with that sort of that crazy anger, he still was like an honorable warrior. And I just, I just really like that depiction of him. It made me kind of want, want to read like a 
ongoing Orion title or like see a live action Orion story, you know? Yeah, I always want more new God stuff. I I, I think I've I've always been um you know fascinated with that world, and I guess I haven't read as much as I would like, but because there's not that much, to, uh, especially recently, not much to read. Right. So. right. Um. I'm trying to think of what the, the director's name was. Oh, I'm, I'm really horrible at names tonight. But um, she was uh, Ava DuVernay? Thank you. I uh, see. Thank God you're on this channel, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but like. I was, so, I was so excited for that movie, but I mean, I guess it's been canned now, so. Yeah. Yeah, and, and she was writing it with Tom King, too, of all people. So I think that would have been awesome, oh, too. Man. I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with DC now, the live action stuff. But um, that. Yeah, what are they doing with the guy in your shirt? <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that's a whole friggin' can of worms right there, right? <laughs> I think they're going to move forward. Yeah, so so if you guys are listening on, like, the podcast and not watching the YouTube video, uh, I'm wearing a Flash shirt tonight. And, you know, there's the controversy right now about Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, and they've gotten in a lot of trouble because um, they, they, like, threaten people's lives and try to rob yeah, things. and this people. is the second, like, major thing that he's uh, he's kind of been involved in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, so... I think that they're still going to release the Flash movie, but I think that any kind of project moving forward with them in it, they're going to, you know, yeah. next that. Sounds uh, like just, it. It's just a whole big mess. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, on uh, New Genesis, there's some controversy because you have these, uh, like, forger alien people, and they steal some tech from the, the uh, new gods. And um, it, we find out that... Um, Megan's brother Macom is behind it all, right? Yeah, he's still trying to get on Dark Side's good side. Um, and uh, you know, I, I don't know why he was there doing that because because didn't they show him going off with um, with uh, what they say, Mantis, and then uh, it was some Zod. What was the name, right? Right, okay, so so you have uh, General Zod's son, his name's Lorzod, Lorzod, that's right, Lorzod, yeah. Which that that kind of really threw me off when that happened, because they showed him before this season. In this season, they showed him, and um, I thought that he was this young monitor that was a, that Grant Morrison created for uh, Final Crisis. But it turns out it's it's General Zod's son. Huh. So I think that they're gonna probably do it where like General Zod. I don't I don't know what the fuck to say when I say like you know he's not African American because he's like from Krypton. But it's like, you know, it's not a white, it's not Caucasian, right? It's yeah. Like, they often do that with Zod now where like either him or his kid is is black. We'll just say black, right? I mean, whatever, that's not yeah. being canceled. Right? Like, like Val Zod as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm assuming because we, we actually do see General Zod at the end too that he's going to be black too as well. Yes, uh, especially, well, especially based on, on the voice actor who is... Um... God, I can't remember his name, but I mean, he's he's Silas Stone in, in Doom Patrol. He was Martian Manhunter in Smallville. So he, he's... Uh, oh, yeah, that guy's great. Hey, you know, yeah. if you guys are listening at home, you should definitely take a shot every time either Brian or I says, I can't remember his name. Because you will be <laughs> fucking drunk by the time we're done tonight. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've I read, like... Four pages worth of notes, and yet, like, I don't have some. some name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, you gotta. I, I can never not mention that he was Jackie Childs in Seinfeld. Oh, that's the same guy. It's the same guy, Phil Morris. Phil Morris. He's fucking awesome. He's great on Doom yeah. Patrol. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Small world. My wife and I have been watching a lot of Seinfeld too. That's going to make me appreciate it even more. Um. <laughs> anyway, okay, we're all over the places. So before we get to the Superboy stuff, though, let's finish up on New Genesis. Um. So we meet another forger, and it's a girl. And um, they basically stole this weapon for themselves, and then um, Rocket was it even a weapon? Like, it, it seemed like it was just like some piece of trash that they were just kind of like containing, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it was an interesting. I almost feel like it's like a um, like a uh, like a class like war here, or sort of. You know, yeah. like, like the rich, powerful people have these. And these really po- these powerful items and MacGuffins and stuff that they don't even need them. It's like garbage that they're just locking away because they don't need it anymore. And then and this it's this thing that could like save this whole like like a uh, forager or oh, bug hive, whatever. Right. And in fact, the fact that they call them bugs too. I mean, like that's sound almost like a derogatory term there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, that's, that's something that's, that's from the thing. comics too. The idea of like all the uh, new gods living up in like what, what is it called, Hero Town? It's got some kind of ridiculous. Name. yes yeah it is kind of ridiculous right right so they all live in hero town and then like below them are all these bug people and they're like below them and they're you yeah. know they always kind of think they're primitive they're not that smart but forager's like this fucking lovable great character you know yeah totally and, and so we meet a girl forager and uh she basically talks like him and there's this little great interaction between the two of them where they're like forager is gonna do this and he's, he's like forager is gonna go down on forger whatever the fuck they say right <laughs> They're going to get together and have little bug kids. They'll be cute. But then, like, Jake Garrick's there, and he's like, oh, this is going to get confusing fast, you know? (laughs) I fucking love Jake Garrick. Like, if you could rank your flashes, right, who who would you put as number one? Oh, um, that's always tough. I I actually would probably pick Wally first. Yeah. Yeah. Um. God, I don't – I mean, it's – I I guess Wally, Barry, Jay. Okay. Would be top three, I suppose. I might do, yeah, yeah, because um, for our generation, Wally was like the Flash for the majority of the time, and then Barry yeah. came back in like the maybe like early two thousands or mid two thousands. Um, I would actually put Barry J. Wally for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because once Barry came back and they made him the focus of everything, then I really like latched onto him, and I still read all yeah, his books. Wally is definitely taking a backseat and had some some real weird continuity stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that reminds me. I know we're kind of jumping all over the place. There was this really great line in the previous episode where um, Caldor says something along the lines of, "You know, if the league can include four Green Lanterns and two Flashes." It can embrace two Aquaman. So the two flashes are Barry and Jay Garrick, right? Yes. Okay. So then the four Green Lanterns, I was trying to guess who they were. I know that we've seen Guy Gardner. Yeah. So is Hal one of the other ones? Yeah, it's got well, it's definitely John Stewart. It's yeah. gotta be Hal. Um, it's um it's Guy and then Alan Scott. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, so then I guess they haven't talked about Kyle at all. I don't think we've seen Kyle at all. No, 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 no. And then and then they haven't introduced the other two new ones. I always forget their fucking. Uh, Joe Mullen and uh, Jessica Cruz. Yeah. Oh, dude, you are on fire tonight, man. <laughs> People do not have to drink for you. Yes, yes. All right. Um, 
But okay, so then just with all the new god stuff, there's also uh Megan's brother, he besides like sabotaging these poor bug people, he also is up on apocalypse and he like pretends to be an insurgent. He comes and he's like, Oh man, dark side fucking sucks. Which is like the dumbest fucking thing you could say on Apocalypse, right? Yeah, that was such a weird plot line. It's like, oh, you've you've captured sixteen insurgents. Like that's such a weird way to to like root out people, you know? Yes, like, it seems yeah. So, so so like way too much effort involved, you know? Right, right. And, and like it's weird because like everyone looks like a human in this bar, and then like the bartender sounds like he's from Boston, right? <laughs> he's like, "Hey, you better not say that here," you know. Like <laughs> Darkseid's yeah. gonna be after you, and um, yeah, and he, and he thinks he's gonna get in good with Darkseid, and then he goes and he sees uh, you know, General Zod's son. So what do you think is going on there with like? I mean, the whole series is called Phantoms. You got General Zod's son working with Darkseid. Like, what do you think is gonna happen there? Um, I, I, the only possible conclusion I can think of is that they're going to try and get Druzad out of the Phantom Zone. Um, okay. I don't know exactly why or why Darkseid would want to do that. Um, maybe he just wants another ally or something. I'm not really sure. I yeah. know that doesn't even really make sense yeah. to me. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's a little too much of a coincidence to have Lorzad and then have Druzad mm. in the same episode. When you think, and this is in our script at all, when you think of like sort of like the main pillars, the main story beats of Young Justice, right? Like kind of the stuff that they always kind of go back to, the well that they draw from, right? Wouldn't you say that like Superboy and his relationship with Superman and the fact that he's a Lex Luth- like Lex Luthor and Superman clone, that's probably like a big part of this show. Huge, huge pillar of the show, yeah. Right, right. And, like, with this episode, he starts to have these visions where it's like Lex Luthor's plan for him happens, and he, like, essentially breaks Batman's back, right? Wait, was Batman? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, do you remember he has these visions at the end of this episode? And it's yeah, like, yeah. He's, like, breaking Batman's back like he's Bane, Right. How did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> it's real quick. He's like breaking Batman's back, and Lex Luthor says something like, "You took care of that vigilante in Gotham." Good, good. <laughs> right? It's funny, it looks like Bane. He's like this. He's like this, right? Yeah. And then, um, then it looks like he's shooting rays like through, uh, like a dome in Atlantis. Like so, he's taking out Atlanteans, and then fuck, I'm, he he kills off somebody else at the very end too. God damn it um it might be wonder woman i don't know but like essentially he like takes out the justice league and i guess that was uh lex luther's plan right yeah so uh, i was a little confused or maybe maybe i was just um multitasking at the time but yeah what what was that whole speech with from from zod at the end to him i, I he was explaining that what was happening to him because he's been so, in the phantoms for so long yeah, yeah yeah so okay so so superboy has this vision right and um, at the very end of the vision, Lex Luthor, who's part of the vision, says, okay, well, you need to just detach this one thing, this one thing that's holding you back. And he's holding uh, Phantom Lass, but he's envisioning it like it's Megan, right? Yes. And uh, and then he's like, you have to get rid of her. And then he, he doesn't, though. He, he's about to get rid of her, but then uh, Drew Zod shows up, and he's like, 
you're in the phantom zone or, and this is a weird ass place and you can see me you know it's me because you've never seen me before so i'm real and they said that if you're looking at someone over there and you recognize them then that's a vision and then like once he says that lex luther disappears yeah but so, but, so he's, he's, he's saying, just go ahead wasn't he explaining like like something he's been in the phantom zone too long and he's got like phantom sickness or something like <laughs> right that. right 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 that's how they do it you know because he says something and then at the very bottom you know they always tell us like the location and then the date and stuff and then that's the first time for this area. They're like, da -da -da, the Phantom Zone. You know? Yeah. I thought that was really cool. That was a good touch. Um, but yeah, yeah. Basically, he's been there so long. It's fucking with his mind. And he's having these visions. But it's just really interesting that his visions are like these violent, you know, almost like injustice type visions. Right? Yeah. And now he's he's coming to, to meet, you know, Zod, who is... Not the nicest guy, but he oh, he kind of seems like it at first here. Yeah, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see the uh, the effect he, he'll have on Superboy. Yeah, do, do you think that the show is at all being influenced by Invincible, like the Invincible cartoon? Um, it's hard. It's hard to say because Invincible is so tied to Superman itself, right? You know, right? Um, right. so maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because just like the way that Superboy like violently dispatched with members of the Justice League, it just kind of really reminded me of Omni-Man from Invincible, like the comics and the Amazon show too, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I do think that like, because it's called Phantoms, it's just like what you said, where like the main arc is they're going to like try to bring Kryptonians from the Phantom Zone to the, you know, real Yeah, th that's that's got to be what, dark side's plan is and I, I imagine we'll see all this come together in i i i guess a nightwing arc hmm. i mean we're kind of i feel like we're kind of due for one here you know yeah maybe um if they do a nightwing arc which i think you're right we are due uh maybe they'll kind of allude to like where he gets his namesake you know his namesake is kryptonian and maybe he'll have like an experience where he right. kind of runs into uh like they did this whole thing and i know you know this but just for our viewers they did this whole thing where they brought back a bunch of Kryptonians from the bottle city of Kandor, and they were just like all powerful, like Superman, just flying around Earth. And um, two of the Kryptonians took up the name of Nightwing and Flamebird, because that's like where the mythology of Nightwing took his name from that myth, that Kryptonian myth. And so, yes. um, like, maybe the way the show is with lore and stuff, I would not be surprised if like characters with those names showed up, you know? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm 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 excited to see more new God stuff and to see where all this goes. Yeah, yeah, fucking, I love Dark Side. Give us more Orion if you can, and um, you know, give us more Rocket and her little autistic son. I'm down for all. Yeah, that. Let's do it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, we've already jabbered a lot. Are you ready to go into Moon Knight? Yes, we're on a fucking marathon right here. <laughs> so, uh, episode two, summon the suit. You said, we're going to start off right with you, man. You said, is this like a knockoff Venom? Well, yeah, I, I said that the first, when we were the first, the first episode, I, I felt that Kanchu kind of sounded like, like a, like a riff on how they did Venom in, uh, in the, the Tom Hardy movie, which I didn't really like. No. Uh, and I was a little on him at first, but it, it, I mean, I think the character has actually grown on me and, and then the interactions between, 
um, especially between Mark and Kanchu. Uh, have grown on me in, in, in the next, in the episodes two and three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I totally see what you're saying where it's like, you know, he's having these conversations in his head and it's very much like the Tom Hardy Venom thing. Um, I, I'm glad that you're kind of critical of this show because there are things of it that I think are kind of weak. There are aspects of it that I think are weak. Um, but there's there's something that I like too. I, I would not say that this is my favorite MCU show. What what about you? Yeah, which I do see a lot of people saying, uh, no, not not yet. Um, I mean, I don't want to say either yes or no, basically, because we haven't seen the whole show yet. Right. Um, from what I understand, some some shit gets real crazy by the end. So I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious. Um, yeah, and it's kind of fucking crazy how deep we've already gone just by episode three, right? Yeah, they've they've explained um, they've given quite a bit of exposition in these couple episodes here, and I think the most amazing thing is how unrelated it is to everything else. Yeah, like that's really that's that's the that's the most important distinction of the show to me so far is that it's not touched anything else yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you mentioned uh, exposition. Um, did you? How did you feel about that scene where like Ethan Hawke? you know, Harrow is basically explaining like his group of people and their devotion to Amit. Like what, how'd you feel about that scene in episode two? Um, is that, is that what they're, when they're at the, the dig site or no, uh, I'm getting, cause I, I watched episode two, like as soon as I got back from vacation. So it's, it's a little more blurry for me where it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, basically in episode two, at, at one point, uh, Stephen Grant, gets arrested by these two detectives but they're actually working for harrow yes. right and so they yes. he takes them to like his like admission that he has with all these like followers oh so this this is when they're they're like talking together he's talking to steven yeah oh and, and like that temple or wherever the heck it was yeah right right um god i guess i don't remember too much of the of the actual conversation that then um i mean all i really understand about it is is that ultimately uh they want to. They want to free Amit, who just wants to make the world a better. They, they want to make the world a better place by removing, kind of like my, Minority Reporting. Everybody, yes. uh, they just want to erase everyone that's going to do eventually do something bad in their lives before they can do it. Yeah, uh, which, which sounds very cultish and crazy. Right. <laughs> right. I just and then and then oh, actually, you know, um, I, I, there was a part that I really did like. What Stephen says, like. What if? What about murdering a child? It's like I'm like, wow, that's like the most obvious logical thing that they would I would say, and then they actually said it in the show. I yeah, like they don't yeah. always say those really obvious things because it doesn't, you know, the, like the, the universal answer is no, you don't murder a child. But you know, yeah, um, I like their motivation. I, I especially like the idea of like Minority Report, where it's like you're getting someone before they commit the evil, right? It's like they have the potential, and you kill them before that. That's that's an interesting thing to play with. However, you know, one of the main criticisms of the MCU is that, like, it seems like it's like a, a factory or like it's like mass produced. It's on a conveyor belt. And I feel like we've seen this scene so many times before where the villain comes in and they're like, we're actually trying to do good. And this is how we're good. And we're just misunderstood because we're trying to be good. And um, I just I kind of don't want those fucking scenes anymore. Well, you see, I, I think uh, I remember reading an article about this, how they 
how writers, maybe this was someone's opinion, and maybe this is not actually a fact, but how the writers <laughs> on these shows, when they're creating the villains, they they have to put in some kind of like little like little bit of crazy in there to make the ideas sound bad, universally bad, like the child killing thing I just mentioned. Yeah. And just in case the general public opinion changes and then the character doesn't look good at all. You know, like um you know at some points you can kind of see some of these groups like there's some you know like uh there's some merit to some of the things aspect of what they're saying in some level sort of yeah but they throw in something like something like you know with falcon and winter soldier they had um uh flag smashers yeah uh, the the flashbacks that they had them blow up this factory with all these innocent people in there. Like that was that moment where it was like, okay, they did something bad there. So even if public opinion changes and they think these people are right, they still did this really bad thing that they, they kind of can't erase because they, they murdered people. Right. Um, so I, I I think that's kind of why we we see these uh, these kind of villains like this. And I, and honestly, I, I do kind of like villains better when they have uh conviction and they have that they have something that they believe in that's actually sort of believable i guess yeah. Yeah. like you could kind of see it from their perspective in some way that how they they what they they think is right um not that you know you necessarily agree with it but um i i just think a, a villain with conviction is, is a much better villain than one that's just like hey i'm crazy i'm gonna go kill people because i'm crazy Right, right, right. Look, I, I completely agree with you there. Like, I think that probably my favorite MCU villain is Killmonger, and I think that, like, he's one of those villains where you could just completely get behind him because everything he says makes sense, right? I yeah. mean, even Thanos kind of makes sense to a certain point, right? Um, and everyone can poke logic in everyone's theories, but that is really Actually, interesting. Can I, wait, I have to just... I remember reading something fairly recently, which I'm like, why in the hell didn't anyone think of this? Uh, Thanos's whole plot is to half all of, of life in the universe to in, basically uh, allow you know everyone to have enough resources. Why not just make the snap double all the resources? Oh, I know, I know. Yes, yes, I know, I know. Yeah, Thanos has the most hokey one too, and also with like the half in the life, right? Doesn't he half like animals and shit too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So like, isn't that halving like the food and shit you can consume too? Yeah, and probably probably trees and plants too, which is you know taken away from. <laughs> oh my god, fucking Thanos, you idiot! But um, I don't know. I just like I don't. You know me. I don't like exposition in general. What I like about Ethan Hawke's character so far, Harrow, is just the fact that you can hear the fucking glass in his shoes when he's walking. I like that. Yeah. And and to like me, that. it's like okay, well, he obviously is doing that because he's serving this god that judges people. And there must be something that he's like causing himself pain for that's almost like when someone goes to take like a lie detector test and they have to like focus on something so that it comes out as truth. I think that's why he has the glass in his feet. Oh, that's a, I really like that take. That's, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 So, um, and, and we'll obviously see about that too. And if you want to hear fucking, I got, I got a juicy take for you too. If you want to just drop it in here right now. too. Yeah. Do it. Do it. All right. It has nothing to do with, uh, Ethan Hawke, but I was thinking, one of the things that you and I talked about on Twitter was that the Thor trailer is delayed because maybe uh, Gore shows up in this show and they don't want to like reveal it yet, right? 
Yeah. Well, here's my hot take. This is such a fucking stupid take. Uh, what if Amit is Gore? Ooh. The only reason why I would say something as fucking stupid as that is because Christian Bale's Gore from the toy that we saw of him looks like a fucking mummy. And all this Egyptian shit, all the gods, they're making them look like mummies. Moon Knight looks like a mummy, right? Yeah. Like, I, it's probably thing. just because they want to, like, make sure we know it's Christian Bale and you don't want to look like a crazy alien, man. But, like, what if they release Amit and it's gore, really? You know? Well, um, that would be interesting. I mean, obviously, it, it, gore can't actually be Amit because Amit was a female deity. Female. Right. I thought about that, too. Um, so, I mean, I could imagine that maybe it's just... But at the same time, doesn't that kind of... Does that diminish Gore's story? Because Gore's whole thing was that, you know, the gods had failed him. And that's why he wanted to just kill them all. Like they, they, He felt they were worthless. They weren't doing anything. And he just wanted to get rid of all of them. So he started doing it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I can see your, your uh, angle with the, you know, with the, the leaked images of Christian Bale and, and his costume there, which I'm honestly a little disappointed at. Yeah, uh, I know he. Didn't, I know in the comic he didn't really have much of a costume, and he was just kind of like this like weird, lanky gray alien looking thing with with some kind of weird cloak around him. Right, but, right. Um, it, it, he looks almost like he's like a priest now or something like that. It's a little, little strange. Which I, I guess that could you know further his storyline. He was a priest, and the gods didn't answer him, and he's pissed off. Yeah, I like that. Um, um but yeah, I, I I'm not 100 percent sure we're gonna see Christian Bale in this, but. I am very confident that there is going to be some kind of tie to Thor in this. And I feel like it's going to, I feel like how they're going to do it is that they're going to have, they're going to like the, the end credit scene is going to be those avatars that we saw from, from the other gods. And they're just going to like lose their power or drop dead or something like that because Gore killed them. I, I agree completely. And I think that, uh, you know, we're kind of jumping around with Moon Knight. We're not necessarily going in chronological yeah. order. I think that's fine. Um, I think that the fact that they um, encase Khonshu in stone, I think that that might be the thing that keeps him from getting killed off where the other gods might get killed off. Yeah, well, maybe. But I'm, I'm curious to see if if um, Khonshu being in stone uh, still allows uh, the, the summoning of the suit and, and right. the power that it, it grants there or not. Because if... If if he can't call a suit, then obviously he has to get it back before the end of the show. But um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it, it'd be interesting though because um, I think if memory serves me right, the, the newest version of Moon Knight, the newest comic, um, it's written by Jed McKay, and it's really good. I've read like the first six issues, but in that comic, Khonshu is gone because he's gotten in trouble for trying to take over the world. And so Mark doesn't really have any kind of powers or any kind of connection to him. Okay. And that might be something that they try to go with with the show where maybe Conchu's MIA because he's in stone and that, that way he can't get killed and the other gods get killed. And that like, maybe he's more like a traditional Moon Knight for the rest of the show. It's probably not going to be that because they probably want to just keep that same design for the costume and stuff. But um, that would be a good way to like make him be more street level. You know, yeah, I, I can totally see that. Um, the other question I have too is 
I, I mean, I, I think that Kanchu is going to have to come out before the end of the show because I think they, they keep alluding to uh, that night. Like he said, I remember that and I remember every night. And I, I think I, I want to know more about, you know, the, the history with Kanchu. And I, I'm assuming there's some kind of relation to Amit in, in, in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, well, I, I don't see how we get that without Kanchu. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, since we're kind of jumping around too, there was one thing that I kind of wanted to talk about while we were talking about Thor, Love and Thunder and uh, the gods and stuff. You had put out this question of what's the relationship between the gods? Like, what are they all like, essentially? And, um, you know, you mentioned the Eternals, too. I think in the and I want to hear your take on this, too, but I'll, I'll just throw my 10 cents in that. Like, I think that for the most part in the MCU, you have these like powerful beings that are essentially pretty much aliens and um they're just we make them into gods in our with our imaginations into our mythologies you know yeah so i think that the egyptian gods are once again just like alien beings what, what do you think well i i guess my question was more about like you know with eternals that they made it seem like they were the inspiration for for many of the gods mm-hmm. so i mean are these are, are, are the Egyptian gods Eternals? Are they something else? Like, how are we explaining all the different pantheons in the Marvel Universe? You know, we have the Asgardians. That's pretty clearly set. But, you know, there's there's the, you know, the Greek and Roman gods, there's the Egyptian gods as well. Um, you know, are, are they all just different groups of aliens, I guess? <laughs> I mean, that's a very, I, very good question. I, I um, guess they could be. Or, I mean, and it just, just as the existence of the Eternals and uh, does it contradict any of this at all, you know? Yeah. And and what's interesting, too, is, like, there's different power sets, right? And and it's like, well, are some groups more powerful than others, right? Because um, Contra does something so fucking ridiculous in this last episode. You know, where he, like, spins the fucking sky. And like it's not just like... It's, yeah. And it's not like it's just in Mark Spector's mind, because there's people, like, on the street looking up at the sky, and they're like, yeah. oh, my God. So, like, what is he actually doing there? And yeah, I, I don't even know what the fuck's going on there. You know, it's he's crazy. pulling a Superman, saving Lois Lane. That's right, 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 right. They they said that on um, Mister Sunday when they did a review of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna take it as like he affected the sky over Egypt since they were in Egypt and he didn't just spin the whole fucking sky of the earth. Yeah, well, I mean, is that possible? <laughs> like... No, it's so ridiculous, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, mean, I feel like if you did that and you actually spin the earth around, like you would just cause mass destruction. Of yeah, them. right, 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 right. It's all these massive too, disasters. Yeah, it's like so ludicrous that whole sequence. But um, I okay. So so what I was gonna say to kind of go along with your point was, um, I can't remember if it's like Earth X or one of those books, but it's like a book where it's like the distant future for Marvel there's a book where like essentially they like tied everything together right and um they made it like the asgardians and all these other races all come from like one group and i think they they probably did tie it to the eternals too i think that that's probably what they're gonna end up doing with all these different races um i i don't know why they're gonna make it like they're from distinct areas but What's interesting to me is that, like, w- would you say that the Eternals and the Asgardians are, like, on the same level of power? Um, 
Uh, that's a great question. I, I don't know because I feel like we've had so much more characterization for the Asgardians than the Eternals, um, especially in, in the MCU. And, I mean, even in comics, I would say, uh, more recent comics. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, yeah. like I, I think I want the Asgardians to be stronger because I think I know more about them. Right. You know, and it just seems, uh, I mean, on some level, as much as I did like and enjoy the Eternals movie, on some level, it is kind of, they are kind of lame. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> like they're, they're all kind of knockoffs of other existing superheroes, but they're, they're meant to be these like progenitors in some way, you know, and it's, it's just kind of like, a, it's a weird kind of thing. Like right. this would be great, huge, like amazing, powerful things, and they're really just knockoffs of things that have existed. They're supposed to be beneath them, you know. Right. Like one runs fast, one flies and shoots lasers out of his eyes. You know, it's like, you know, what are we doing here? We we know that team, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. One makes constructs. They they are kind of like the Justice League in that movie in the MCU movie. Yeah. But like, one of the things that always kind of tripped me out was. You know, Thor's on that spaceship at the end of Ragnarok, and Thanos like beats him to a pulp, and then they blow up that spaceship, and he's just floating in space. Then in Infinity War, he's in space, just floating, and like a sun's rays kind of go through him and burn him, and he's still alive. So he's like so powerful that he can do that kind of shit. And Thor in the comics is extremely, extremely powerful too. Um, but I was just kind of trying to pair him up with like icarus or some of the other eternals and i just i just wonder like it, it it always blew my mind that like thor could just be in space and just flying around in the mcu you know it's like a yeah. next level kind of being um and so i it, it's also interesting too because with the egyptian gods it's not like they're in physical form on earth they're like using humans as avatars so it's like why are they doing that and the other gods are like just there you know yeah so yeah, it 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 paints quite a interesting disjointed picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do feel like they know what they're doing, and I think that you know, Thor, Love and Thunder is going to like explain things a lot. Well, but uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I guess one of the hallmarks of the MCU is kind of streamlining all these different story arcs that have come in the past, and then putting their own little twist to kind of make them all fit together in some way. Yeah, and I think we're also seeing that with with um, Moon Knight himself. You know, one of the other points I wanted to bring up today was was their depiction of uh, Mister Knight, which is right. totally different to me from the comics. It's very yes. very different. And while on some level I, I like that uh, the the idea that oh, so Moon Knight is is the Mark Spector version of the suit, and Mister Knight is the Stephen Grant version of the suit. Like that's a really interesting concept, but um, it, it's I, I don't like I don't like Mr. Knight in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially he had some kind of cheesy line. He's like, "Float like a butterfly, sting like a V V," and he's like, "I'm Stevie with a V." He said something real fucking cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said like, "Chill the f out" or something too. It was uh, like I, I don't know. I honestly I I I I don't like Stephen Grant in this show at all. I am so impressed with Oscar Isaac and and his switching back and forth between these two characters and now. And just to show how different they are, how different yeah. personalities they are. Especially there was the one scene in episode three where he, when Mark is holding like the mirror from the car and he just like, it was just like, 
like that. Right. And like that was really impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't I don't like Stephen very much. I find him very annoying. No, no, I, I understand. He, and he is pretty fucking annoying. Um I think probably the best scene where I thought there was like the best acting was when he was arguing with him in the second episode and he's like looking at a mirror and he's right where he killed that jackal on top of the spire and he gets real mad and just starts kicking the mirror. That, I thought that yeah. was maybe, I thought that was maybe the best part of the show so far. Like just those. Yeah, that was good. Parts. And I think I think there are moments where Stephen shines and it is is an asset to the show. But I think his his kind of like um, aversion to any kind of conflict and everything like he's a little too. I mean, I guess he's like just a regular guy, but it's they're playing up a little bit too much. I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely like an artificial seeming thing. It's like a plot thing because. You know, Mark will be fighting as Moon Knight, and then he'll like look, and then Stephen will be like, "Stop, Mark!" And it's like, "What? Well, he's not killing anybody; he's just punching someone." You know, and it's like, yeah. "Why are you telling him to stop?" You know, it's just I don't know. Feels artificial. Um, let's get in a couple more of your beautiful points that you have over here. Um, so, so you you mentioned a third personality, right? Oh yeah. So I mean, in the in the scene where uh, Mark is chasing some criminals through through Egypt and all that. And, uh, you know, he has, the, they showed that flash again, where it's like, 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 you know, they don't know what happened. Like the time got away from them. I mean, that, that's gotta be, that's gotta be Jake Lockley at this point. Like he was kind of the more rage filled, like kind of thuggish character who was also a cab driver or something. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, and that, that's gotta be him manifesting. And I'm also wondering too, you know, the first two episodes, uh, Steven was mostly in the driver's seat. Uh, episode three is mostly Mark. And I imagine we'll see more of Mark in the next episode. But I'm kind of wondering if if they're giving each each personality like two two episodes, sort of. Mm. And um, so yeah, yeah, I think you might be onto something there. Um, I saw a great because I actually watched a couple of videos about Moon Knight since I watched this episode, and there was this great fucking panel that I saw of a comic that had like all the different personalities and Moon Knight together. Like, I want to find yeah. that picture because it did have like. Stephen Grant, but the way he is in the comics and Mark Spector, yeah. the way he is in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually would love to see a new personality kind of come in and then see how Mark reacts to him and how Stephen reacts to him. I'm all down for that. Um, and, I'm, and I'm curious if they'll give him, uh, you know, a third suit. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe or maybe he'll have like a suit that's like Mr. Knight, but he'll be kind of like badass. Because on some of the promotional material, they have pictures of him as Mr. Knight, but he doesn't look like goofy and stuff. He looks like real, like almost like a serial killer, you know? Yeah, that that could work actually, I, I suppose. But I, I I'd almost be curious. I mean, if they're going with that angle that it manifests differently depending on the user, I would almost want to see something a little more, something more original. Yeah, yeah, like a third one altogether. Yeah, good point. Um, I think it's worth noting, and you mentioned this in your notes too, that we saw uh, Anton Mogart, who uh, he was played by Gaspard Ulliel, who a, a lot of people just are going around knowing that this guy, the actor died, right? Yeah. So, um, and he was a young guy, you know, I, I don't know how he died, but um, he died. Uh, it was a skiing accident, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. That sucks. Okay, well, yeah, he, he died before the show even came out, so that sucks. But he was playing um, a guy who was essentially like a, you know, an art uh, like an artifacts collector on the show. But in the Moon Knight comic, he played a character named Midnight Man. And I bet you they probably had plans for him, right, in the future? Yeah, he did get away. So. He did get away. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. 
Um, did you have any other things that you want to say about Moon Knight? Uh, yeah, I want to talk about Layla. Yes, Layla, Layla. Um, so episode three opens up with uh, Layla getting like a like a fake passport, fake ID. Has the name Layla. Uh, what the hell is her last name? Alure. Drink. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. The, like, on the passport, like uh, like her name in the show is Layla Al something. Oh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Some Egyptian sounding name, right? But, Based on the, there was a scene uh, at Anton's like compound or whatever, where uh, I think it was Harrow mentions, um, you know, you know, Mark Mark isn't telling you something about you know what happened with your dad, and that's a big part of Moon Knight's origin uh, in the comics, is uh, you know, Marlene's father, uh, Doctor Al, Al, how do you say it? Alrain Alruin. Uh, Al, Al Ruane, I don't know. Alron, um, Elron, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Al Roker, he, yeah. He, he's he is uh, an archaeologist, and and uh, you know, he was. Uh, I guess they hired Mark and this other guy Bushman as a as mercenaries and all that, and then uh, Bushman gets greedy, kills him, and then uh, you know, because he wants the, the, the what they found for himself. And then that's how Mark gets in contact with with Kanchu. He kind of like left dying there, and this cult of Kanchu finds him, and they, they bring him back to life. Right. So right. I imagine so he was he had dealings with her father, and you know, and he died, and I guess she doesn't know that. So I, I'm I'm assuming that maybe Layla is a is either a stand-in for that character, or is that Layla is a fake name, and her actual name is Marlene, and uh, I'd be curious to see that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're 100% of the money. And I actually didn't know all the details of that origin that you just said. I didn't know that Bushman was part of that origin. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, he, he uh, yeah, basically, he didn't, Mark didn't like that Bushman killed the, the, the Dr. Alran. Oh, fuck, I can't say that name. It's all good. Um, <laughs> and then he, so he attacked him, and the, but he lost the fight. So, and then he, you know, was bleeding out. Okay, I see. Okay, and that's when Conchu rescued him yeah yeah um yeah i think you're right it could be that you know she's using a fake name layla is the fake name or it could just be that they kind of combine characters uh they've already kind of done some things like that with this show um i i was gonna say there's, there's something else about um layla and the show i i think oh the conchu has his eyes on her and I was wondering if you thought that maybe that might be like we were talking before about like females kind of taking over the male character roles. Do you think that's a way to open end and make her be the next Moon Knight? Well, it's it seems like it's something that Mark doesn't want to happen because you know he says he keeps mentioning the a deal that he made and he has to fulfill it before he can be like freed or something like that. So um, I think I think it's possible. But the fact that Mark doesn't want it to happen makes me think it doesn't want, it's not going to happen. But I think that would be a great way if Oscar Isaac just wanted to just do a quick show and just dip out. That's a right. great way to continue it, uh, the, the character continue in the MCU. Yeah, right. Good point. Because Oscar Isaac, a lot of people know, he only has a contract for this show. So unlike other MCU actors who have multiple projects, this is it for yes. him. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. Well, um, do you have any other Moon Knight thoughts? Uh, no. That's it. Okay, okay. 
I actually had like one that was popping out when you were saying the stuff about Layla, but I totally can't fucking remember now. So it's all good. Ah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good, man. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. I haven't seen you in two weeks, and uh, yep. you know, we had a lot of catching up to do. So we yep. have for next week, it's just Young Justice and Moon Knight again, right? Yep. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But we got a lot of shit on the horizon. Eventually, we're going to talk about the boys when that comes back. And um, Obi-Wan, the boys. Um, there was something else we were going to do, too. Can't remember what it is. Yeah, but we're not doing fucking Morbius, though, okay? Yeah, you know what? I I, I, I can't even see how I'm going to I'm gonna go see it at this point. So, yeah, right. let's just scratch that. Fuck Morbius. <laughs> there you go. Okay, cool, cool. So, anyway, until next time, guys, make sure you're watching Young Justice and Moon Knight. And if you haven't liked and subscribed, please do. Because we always love to hear what you guys think in the comments. But we will see you guys next Thursday to talk about our two favorite current shows.